Hi, and welcome to another week of Women of the World podcast. I've been having to take a little break because of my thesis writing, but I'm happy to finally be back. And this week I have none other than the lovely Jess from Australia. We talk about how the pandemic has pushed her to explore more of her country. She gives some tips and advice on what to do in Australia. And we also chat about traveling while Asian. Some really interesting reflections on this episode. So let's get to it. Hi, Jess. Hi, Thuha. How's it going? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Sunday afternoon in Sydney, so just enjoyed the sunshine that was um, today. And I know it's 8 a.m. over your time. It is 8 a.m. on a Sunday, but these days I wake up early. You know, due to, due to mm. the pandemic, like my schedule is just, um, I mean, it's better this way, I have to say. Yeah, that's actually pretty good. Like, I would definitely be sleeping in if I had nothing else to do, but kudos to you for waking up early. <laughs> Of course. And I was thinking just um, starting about, you know, you telling us a bit about yourself. Yeah, of course. Um, So my name is Jess. I'm um, 24 and I live in Sydney, Australia. So I probably um, would should mention how Thuha and I met. We met through Instagram. Um, I really loved seeing her travel photos and the content that she was creating um, and the real-life stories that she had in her captions. thought that was really captivating. Um, and the way that she talks about <laughs> – yeah, of course. And the way that you talk about sustainability and um, just being mindful travellers, I think that's something that everyone across the world should be um, – like more concerned about really and the way that we travel will definitely impact local communities and also the environment and the more that we can spread more awareness about how we can do that better for everyone I think that's just the way that it should be. I definitely agree with that and I'm also very curious about you know life in Australia because I've been to Australia but that was many years ago so Mm. yeah just tell us a bit about Sydney. Yeah, of course. Um, So Sydney is probably the most well-known place in Australia. We have the Sydney Harbour Bridge, the Sydney Opera House, um, all the cool iconic places when you think of um, what it's like to be from down under. Um, We've got the city lifestyle, which you can get in the Sydney CBD. But then if you travel a bit out towards like the Blue Mountains or to our beaches, like we have so many things to offer. Uh, And after the pandemic hit and we couldn't really travel anywhere, I've made it kind of a mission to also um, explore as much as I can around my home state of New South Wales, um, but then also trying to visit as much as I can around the other states. Because Australia is massive. I think I saw somewhere um, if you put the size of Australia over Europe, we would cover a lot more countries than um, you would actually think about. So. I think that's incredible. It is. It is massive. And I experienced Mm. it when I was traveling. I remember I was going from Sydney to, Mm. um, where was it? Byron Bay. Oh, yes. That is a long drive. (laughs) I know. But like on the map, it looked kind of close-ish. And then Mm. I went on the bus and I was like, oh, when are we there? It's been like 20 hours. It's been a long time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I did that trip up actually in January. Um, if you drive straight through, it's a nine-ish hour trip, but then you obviously need to stop for food and then shopping and here, here and there. Um, yeah. I think it took me and my boyfriend like 12 hours in total to just get up the coast and oh it's still gosh. in the same state. Like I know if you drive that long over Europe, you'd be crossing over like several countries. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Although if you are in Sweden, because it's such a mm. long country, uh, you would yeah. still be in Sweden. <laughs> that is true. So on your Instagram bio, I read yeah. that you want to share your Australian bucket list. Yes. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, so that's more my own goal as well is to um, explore more of what Australia has to offer. Like I mentioned before, New South Wales, we have beaches, we have our city, we have mountains. But if you go to the south um, of our country, you have South Australia and then Tasmania even, and there are even more national parks and um, hikes and just beautiful viewpoints that you can go visit. And because Australia is so massive, it's not very populous either, that you can have a lot of this free space to roam around and actually just immerse yourself in the nature that's there and I think that's so incredible so I I, I'm very conscious of like when I do share these places people might start flocking there so I do want to be more aware of that as well but just saying like if you do go then like don't leave any rubbish behind just take pictures nothing else and then just sharing the beauty that is Australia so that's a bit about how I want to share my bucket list with everyone else that's really really good it's a great message as well and you know you've been traveling a bit in Australia but mm. I've also heard you know COVID obviously has affected a lot of tourism mm. everywhere in the world mm. um, how has it affected Australia I think we've been quite lucky in Australia that our government has managed COVID well so we do have like a quarantine system if anyone's coming in from overseas they have to um, stay in a hotel for two weeks and then get tested regularly before they're allowed to um, kind of enter back into society so our cases in comparison to the rest of the world has been quite minimal which I'm very grateful for so when the pandemic first started in around April last year we had maybe one or two months of lockdown it did vary depending on what state you were in but at least in New South Wales we were able to start um, going back to the gym or going out for exercise and meeting friends um, maybe five to ten people at a time quite early on um, and I started working from home as well back in April but we were back into the offices maybe once to twice a week um maybe around September, October-ish. So I think it's been quite good in Australia. Um, we no longer have to wear masks on public transport as well in New South Wales, and it seems like life is back to normal. Um, but I think that's also down to everyone's willingness to behave and also stay at home when they need to or adhere to the rules. Um, so in that case, I think tourism around Australia has really um, – it hasn't been impacted too much, but that's because now our government, um, they're even promoting like half-sale price flights um, for Australians to go visit other Australian states. But, of course, for the areas where like overseas travellers um, might have supported the tourism industry a lot more, that might have suffered a bit. 
Yeah. yeah. And um, so I like I know that locals can travel around in Australia, mm. but I'm guessing internationals are not allowed. Yeah, I'm not too sure of like the nuance of that, but if overseas travelers have gone through the quarantine system and then um, they're all clear and don't have any COVID, then they are allowed to come out and explore. But I think that to even come in the first place, they need to have a very like valid reason for it. So like I know as an example, like Thor, the movie um, is now being filmed in Australia so all the actors and stuff who are in that had to quarantine for two weeks before being able to come and film for that. So it depends if you're actually able to come into the country or not. But then after you've done your two weeks of quarantine, um, I've seen people out and about and exploring. Okay. Wow. I would love to go back to Australia, actually. So Yeah. Let me know see. when you're here. Yeah. Oh, for sure. More. Mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. And I wanted to talk a bit about, you know, being Asian and living in Australia. Mm. Um, Obviously, I don't have an experience with it myself, Mm. um, but I am Asian and I've, you know, lived in Sweden my whole life. And Mm. obviously, you know, there's been some challenging situations, but not as many as I've heard many, like I've spoken to a lot of other like Asian Americans, for example. Mm. And... um, they've been dealing with a lot of like xenophobia Mm. and I wanted to ask you like how is the situation in Australia because I know there's a lot of Asians who Mm. who live in Australia. Mm. I think that's a very interesting and very trending topic right now. I've seen the the news reports and things that have been happening in America and I feel for the people that are there and it's made me reflect a bit more on my experience being Asian here in Australia um, I personally don't think I've experienced that much like racism or hatred, but I think that's because I surround myself with a lot of other multicultural people, my friends, my family. We have spent most of our life here, grown up here, that it's not like we experience um, a lot of um, bigotry or racism, but it's more probably in the the microaggressions that do occur and it's stuff that you might have just passed off as like, oh, that's a funny joke um, previously. But I think since everything has now come up to the forefront, it's made me reflect back and like, oh, that was not okay. Um, And I think now that that's more of a trending topic and everyone's talking about it, we're more aware of it and we can help support each other. But at least from my experience, I don't think it's been too bad being an Asian in Australia. But, yeah, that's just my experience and it's hard to – I wouldn't be able to say that's an encompassing thought across everyone who is Asian in Australia. Um, Yeah, so – it's it's a heavy topic but it is it is yeah and I, I mean I honestly I haven't really thought about it myself either until you know it was kind mm. of all over the news about Asian Americans mm. um 
And, you know, a lot of my Asian friends around the world started asking me about, you know, how the situation mm. was in Sweden. Mm. And I was like, wow, like I've honestly never, you know, felt unsafe walking down the street, for example. Yes. Yeah. I think I, that's what I relate to as well, that it's not like violence that's happening here, but it's more, mm. yeah, the, the comments that might be passed from um someone who's not very aware of like Asian culture um maybe just like as a as a joke like for example when I was working and there was this um white male um who would just comment about like oh we use we read from right to left here not left to right as um Chinese characters read and I just like brushed it off as a joke but Mm. reflecting on it it's like no I should have said something at the time but then there's also that dynamic. It's like, oh, they're older, they're the client. Am I allowed to say anything? Mm. Um, but definitely made me more aware. So like, if it happens again next time, I'll be like, no, that's actually not okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, of course. So so those are like the microaggressions that mm. would happen. Yeah. 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 So I'm, I'm sure it, like it's not something that they intentionally mean harm on. Mm. But it's also, I think, up to us to raise it and say, if something's not right, then we let them know. Otherwise, they'll just keep doing it and they they might think it's fine. Exactly. And I think something that people also, um, you know, who are not Asians that maybe needs to understand a bit about, you know, Mm. I'm talking about like like every Asian is the same, but Mm. it is kind of like the the respect culture. Mm. It's kind of, um, you know permeates like the Asian culture I would say mm. um I would say most Asian countries have like a it's at least true. in Vietnam mm-hmm. yeah like respect is really important and also like being respectful to elders so mm-hmm. I understand if you meet an elderly who says you know something something like that and you're like oh, should I just go mm-hmm. <laughs> full-blown <laughs> Rambo on him or should I just be like oh okay yeah and I know how you feel how how is it in Sweden um, I mean, in the past years, obviously, we've gotten a lot of more immigrants, for example. Mm. So it's not as tolerant as it might have been. Mm. But like as an Asian myself, and, you know, I can't speak for everyone else now, but I've never felt unsafe or that people looked at mm. me differently or like, I would say it's quite a tolerant country. And mm. even like traveling around in Sweden, uh, last year, I was quite far up north um, mm. working. And, you know, they're not as used to seeing people who look like me, perhaps. Mm. But it was never, like, made a big deal or anything. So oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah, I was in Sweden for a few days in 2018. Um, and mm. I was there with a friend um who is Swedish uh, we met on exchange and she went home for one of the weekends so I came to visit her and um I just felt so welcomed it was so nice we had a fika in her living room and it was just uh that's what I would imagine traveling to different countries is like it's like they embrace you they allow you to join in on their cultures as well um yeah and yeah, and then I ended up traveling with a few of my other Asian friends and it was uh, it was fine. But yeah, of course, it's not the same across all the countries. Um, Obviously. Yeah. But Sweden, so Sweden you've been to, good. yeah, so you've been to, so like um, 
I, I'm guessing you've traveled in Europe as well. Do mm. you feel like there's a difference between traveling, you know, as an Asian in Australia versus Europe? Mm. I think when I went to Europe, I uh, visited most of the popular tourist places where they kind of do expect a whole bunch of different people to be passing through. Um, I don't think it was too different in terms of the places that I went to, but maybe in yeah more of the remote places, they might look at you a bit differently or not be as friendly, but nothing kind of pops to the top of my head where that, that was the case. Uh, it might be more of an, a, a feeling that I internalize actually that I put that on myself where it's like I feel like I'm the other person like I obviously don't look like everyone else here but then when you manage to talk to someone they're actually so kind and welcoming so I don't know maybe is that it could be something that we have to work on ourselves or like my myself in terms of just taking it at face value or um, giving everyone the benefit of the doubt first I then, so agree yeah. with you mm-hmm. on this one because mm-hmm. I, I feel like that's something that I also do, you know, unintentionally. Like every time mm. I go abroad, mm-hmm. I always, you know, think like, oh, like how are they going to react, you know, to an, a solo female, you know, Asian mm-hmm. traveler. And then like most of the time I've never had any issues and I'm like, why did I even <laughs> I know. worry mm-hmm. about it? Um, and yeah. I, I wonder where it comes from, you know, like why do we feel mm. this way? That's true. It could be the way that we're brought up, like that respect culture as well that you were talking about before. Maybe part of it is that we don't want to think so highly of ourselves to start with, uh, but maybe we should have more of a greater sense of identity that this is who we are and people will have to kind of accept that and then that's how we can go about meeting new people and opening our minds to other cultures yeah I definitely agree with that um and I also wanted to ask you like when you've traveled Mm. have you ever met people who had you know stereotypes about Asians and has that bothered you Mm. honestly none really do come to mind at the moment I think I've been quite fortunate that people that I have met along the way have been very open-minded and kind but that's also probably because when I traveled um, whether that was solo or with friends across Europe I stayed in hostels and I think that's where there's just a whole bunch of people from different aspects of life that get together and there's no not much uh, racism or stereotyping that does happen it's like oh we're all travelers here we all have come together for a common goal to explore um yeah that's what I love about hostels I know it's so good (laughs) it is it is and it really is like a community almost Mm -hmm. it is yeah I've met a few people from hostels and stayed in touch with them um and one instance that I remember vividly is like I met someone in Vietnam when I was solo traveling there and we ended up finding out we were working for the same company but just in different countries he was um, from London and I was from Sydney 
and then we had a catch up like the other day um over zoom and that was like it was just so much fun like what are the odds that we'd be working like in the same company just across the world and we met at a hostel ah that's like I've heard so many of those like random stories where Mm -hmm. you know you're from opposite sides of the world and you always have something in common um Mm -hmm. that actually happened to me when I was in Brazil Mm. And I met this guy from Australia mm. and he was like, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, so where in Australia are you from? And he said he was from Brisbane, I think. Mm. Mm-hmm. And I, I was friends with a girl from Brisbane because I was an au pair with her. So I was oh, yeah. just t- saying jokingly, you know, I was like, haha, like, do you know blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I do. And oh, I'm like, haha, like, you know, but at first I was like, yeah, funny, you know, <laughs> like, yeah. there's no way. And he's like, no, I can show you on Facebook. <laughs> and they oh, were actually wow. friends. I was like, no, like that what was a yeah. small world. What a small world. So mm. after that, I was like, nothing surprises me anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, with traveling. mentality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, also, and now like bringing it back to Australia, mm. I wanted to ask you, what was the like the best experience you've had while traveling around your own country? Hmm. I think the there have been different times where I've explored around Australia at different points in my life. So obviously when I was growing up, that was more with my family and parents. And now it's more with my friends and my partner. Um, I think the best experience is just who I end up going with and regardless of where I'm visiting it's the people that I'm with as cliche as that sounds so more recently I've been traveling around with my boyfriend and he's so supportive and very open-minded about me trying to create content wherever I travel around and I think that makes the experience so much better because we know that this is the shot that I'd like to take and the the angles and uh, the posing and whatnot and after that like I think I'm very um, understanding of how long I'm taking as well so after like I don't know 10-15 minutes of getting the shot then we can actually just enjoy our time there and I think that's how we're also making memories how we're getting to know each other better Um, and very recently we went down to Melbourne Um, for a few days and we caught up with some of his friends and met his family and I think that's just the best part of traveling is when you can share it with other people Uh, and I think that's also why I've started like sharing more on Instagram it's like there are so many people out there community of other travelers who want to explore and see places from your perspective and I think that's the best part of traveling around yeah. I love seeing your trips on Instagram. So definitely continue with it. Oh, thank you so much. <laughs> it's like traveling in Australia myself. Oh, and yes. seeing new places <laughs> as well. Oh, yes. <laughs> and um, so what surprised you the most? Um, I think most recently the trip to Byron that we took um, in January, the the length of time it took to get there surprised me the most. I think that's the longest I've ever traveled in a car um, to get anywhere within Australia. Usually we just fly, um, but at the time we were still a bit conscious of flying due to the pandemic. So 
driving like almost 12 hours in a day to get to accommodation and being so tired at the end of it was um, the most surprising. But I should have known that we were going to end up very, being very tired. But the next morning when we woke up and took in our surroundings, that was just an awesome experience. Like, wow, we made it. We're going to enjoy the rest of our week now um, and just see what else there is in the Byron Bay area and relax. So that was probably the most surprising part that how, how long it takes to get to places in Australia. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's massive, but uh, but I'm sure you got to see a lot of beautiful things along the way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the last question that I wanted to ask you is, um, what advice do you want to give to fellow Asian travelers who are looking into traveling themselves in, well, either Australia or mm. elsewhere in the world? Mm. I would advise them to go with an open mind that it's um, a crazy world out there right now, but there will be people that you meet that will be very kind, very friendly. And all you need to do really is to like open your mouth, say hi, and then see where that takes you. So I wouldn't um, kind of stereotype yourself as that Asian traveler and already create that stereotype for yourself. It's going to a new place with a clean slate and experiencing all the things that you want to because you want to not because someone else has told you to and just just going for it I think that's the best advice that I can give um, for Asian travelers whether you're solo traveling or with other people and then the second piece of advice would be to just do things that you enjoy and that potentially allows you to step out of your comfort zone like the first time when I started solo traveling that was very scary for me um having previously only traveled with people that I knew or friends when you're alone that kind of pushes you out of your comfort zone already to um, be more social or try new things and just being comfortable with yourself I think there are so many lessons that you learn by being able to do that confidently and comfortably and yeah regardless of what stage you are at life I think just going for it and hoping for the best um, is the best foot that you can put forward. As always, I want to take this opportunity to thank my guest Jess for coming on and for opening up about these topics and for opening up about her country, Australia. I know that I'm very excited to go back one day, well, at least when they open up in about a year or something, I think. Um, but you know what they say, all good things are worth waiting for. So I guess we'll just have to wait for Australia. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll see you guys next week.